Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess, where the Eric and Angie differences are flowing today. I am shorts and cut-off sleeves, and you're over there bundled up with like a big, I don't even, you're wearing like almost like a jacket. It's a shacket. A shacket. You've got a big blanket wrapped around you and a cup of hot tea, and this is how we live. My body doesn't work anymore. Doesn't know how to regulate. I'm cold all the time. I mean, she runs her heated blanket at all times, it seems like. So it is. It's just stacked up. It's where we're at. So Memorial Day is when we record this. You'll hear this afterwards. And so on this day, it is six months since our sweet Hallie passed away. So tough day all around, especially for Ange. And, you know, our kids have been posted about it on social media. Half a year, it feels like a lifetime ago since we've been able to talk to Hallie and hold her and see her and just a lot of a lot of pain that goes with that uh, as we think about her today. Yeah, some aspects it's hard to believe that it's been 6 months. I we talk about it all the time. Like I feel like it was just yesterday that it happened. You can instantly go back to that moment in a second. Yet it just feels like forever. Yeah. Forever since I've seen her. So it's just hard to imagine then what the next six months will feel like in a year mark and a year and a half and two years. It's Groundhog's Day. It is difficult. And we've been fighting, both of us have been fighting hard now for a little while. I talked to some folks and they said it felt like to them months four, five, six were actually the, the hardest months after losing a child. And I think that's that seems fair for us. The last few months, four or five have been difficult because true what they say. So many people, uh, for everyone else, life is back to normal. For the most part, their life is unchanged. In our home, it's forever changed. And so we're still in the suck of it and all the things that go with that. And so a lot of different fighting hard that we've been doing. But today's episode, we, we heard this term a while back and it really, it really stuck with us. And it was don't fight back, fight forward. And that's what we want to talk about today is how we're trying to fight forward because there is a big difference. It feels like that's what we do every day. Every day to me feels like a fight in a lot of different ways. I mean, obviously there's a dark cloud that we're fighting through, but I'm especially fighting hard through, which we can get into that later. But then there's also just a lot of other kind of your normal day-to-day fighting forward that I feel like has happened too. So we'll share some of the normalcy fighting forward and then some of the grief yeah, and I think fighting it, forward. It's one of those things that as I was reading today, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on in, in a book I've been reading, we're all going to have problems that pop up that we don't expect. Clearly, this is a big one for us, but they happen all the time. It may be in your job or whatnot. And so much time we spend 
focused on the problem at hand and we feed that problem rather than trying to figure out a solution. Now, there's never a solution to losing Hallie, but we do try to take positive steps forward as we fight forward is where I'm going with that. Yeah. And I don't, there's not a solution. You're right. But there is definitely purpose in the pain and there's a different way of living that you learn. Yeah. And that's where we fight forward. And so it can be simple things, right? It can like start dress coding. Simply. Dress coding at school. Yeah, that was a little bit of a fight. We're starting with the easiest one, I think, <laughs> right? I mean, this is the kids are out of school now. All the kids are out of school. Summer break is here. But this was a rough year, especially for the twins when it came to All around. dress coding. It, well, gosh, their year, their eighth grade year was riddled with heartbreak and there was days of school missed. And then I call it an effort year where it's like, we're going to take the damn trip. And so they went on multiple trips, went on a trip with their dad. So it's also missing school and getting behind and just like all the chaos that comes with that. On top of, they know that they're going to be switching schools. So they're moving from public to private for a multitude of reasons. That might be a whole another podcast sure. later. Just a lot of challenges at school. And so as a mama bear, you naturally want to protect them, but you also want them to learn life lessons. And this particular school that they go to is not consistent with their dress coding. So I'm all about dress coding. Okay. We're fine with it. If their Lulu hottie hot shorts are too short, that's great. Dress code them a hundred percent. Those butt cheeks are showing dress code them. My problem with the fight forward is that when the dress coding is not consistent, so half the girls wear the exact same shorts. So I do have a problem when it's not consistent. And then (laughs) when one person or a group of persons is getting singled out and it's a lot more people, that's the issue. And it was happening. Targeting. Yeah, Yeah. it was targeting. It was. Summer was definitely being targeted, pulled out of a group. One day they had her change into lost and found men's joggers. Just which, frankly, is embarrassing for the child and not okay in any way. Shape no, or form. it's not okay whenever it's not consistent. So I did get my feathers ruffled, yeah. <laughs> and I and I just told the kids too, like, listen, I you know if you did wrong, you I'm one of those parents that automatically assume my kid probably did something wrong. But when it comes to equality and fairness, and especially for girls, when you shame them from a body perspective or target kids that look a certain way, that's when I'm going to get hot. Yeah. And then to try to use my term against me, (laughs) when I called school, they were like, well, I understand being a mama bear. Oh, okay. We're going to go there. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about. You've seen our social media. Good for you. You're doing it wrong. Thanks for listening to our podcast. But listen, you're going to be fair and consistent. So (laughs) I didn't I was respectful, but was not happy and got the situation taken care of. Yes. But those are just like fighting forward type of things. It's almost like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah, we've got enough going on for you to continue to pick on something like that. It, it doesn't make any sense. Social media for us is one of those things. I'm more used to this than Angie because for 25 years I've been on the radio. And so I've taken my fair share of blows from people that don't like things I say or do and yada, yada, right? 
Angie, on the other hand, is new to this. The podcast is maybe 15 months old. And so we have taken some shots on social media because we've shared our grief. For me, I could give two shits. That's just personally. I'll let Angie answer for her. But for the people that that want to say that we shouldn't talk about our grief or we shouldn't share, we're helping a lot of people. And we are so grateful for the people that are reaching out and building the community that we we looked for. And then I hear from other parents that lost children before us and say, we wish your podcast had been around when we went through this. So for me, I've been doing this for 25 years. I could give two shits. That's I, I, If you were sitting here and you were like, but I don't like that you... I could give two shits. That's yeah. my answer to those people. It's just, it's actually a great lesson for us to share with our kids, too, because they deal with it every day. We didn't grow up in the world of Snapchat where everybody feels entitled to share their opinion. But I shared with them, like, when you put your story out there, you are always going to run the risk of negative comments. And there are certain things that I will fight for and other things. It's like, yeah, I'm keeping that private. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I've always been a private person, but there are certain things and 99% of the time it's when it affects my kids that I don't care and I will put whatever I want out there. But, and, and that's what I want them to know and feel is that I will have your back. Mm-hmm. I will have your back a hundred percent of the time. And I will fight visibly out there for you when it comes to my kids. And so for Hallie, like they all know, like I will never stop talking about what happened to her, what this has been like for us, what that process is like for all of us, the impact, what good relationships look like, what concerns as parents that you have what you know the things that you see how our faith has helped us through this journey of extreme loss i won't stop we had somebody comment on one of the news articles that yeah the mom is pimping out her daughter on her podcast i'm like oh my gosh so this hell that we're living us talking about grief is pimping her out on our podcast Mm mm-hmm Wow. We're going to fight for our daughter. We know the stories and we'll continue to fight for her. So thank you. Again, I could give two shits about your comment and we'll keep fighting for Hallie, sharing her story, the true story about her life and the avoidability of what happened to her. So that will continue to happen. And as we go on, we'll be able to share more of that story to be completely, fully transparent with everyone because we're not going to stop fighting for Hallie. And if you don't like it, start your own podcast. Guess what? I don't have to listen. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to listen to our podcast. I don't have to listen to yours. I've always said that about people. Like when people are like, oh, I don't like the way you talk about this on your radio show. Find another radio show. I don't care. If I don't like watching a television show, I don't watch that television show, right? So if I don't like the message that's out there, you have the choice to choose whatever you want to listen to or pay attention to. We're not pimping anyone out. We would prefer to not be in this mess. We would prefer to not have this grief. I would prefer that I don't have to see my wife cry herself to sleep every freaking night and most mornings. I would prefer that she could smile on the 29th of every month, but every month, the 29th is the worst day of the month. And we all know that it's coming. And so I would prefer to not have to deal with any of those things, but we do have to deal with them. And so we get to deal with them the way we want to deal with them because it's our home, it's our emotions. And frankly, what if there's anything, we've learned a lot of lessons from Ted Lasso, 
talking about these things and talking about them with our kids and with each other, their people, that is the most helpful thing. Bottling them up inside and trying to act like nothing's wrong, that would be false. That would be fake. I don't encourage you to do that in your own life. Get through and work on that. Preach. She's letting me preach. That never happens. Normally, it's like, cut that out. You can't say that. Not to, so far so good tonight. I'm drinking my hot tea and my fresh out of F's cup. So that's the mood I'm in tonight. You know, one of the other things that we're working on, and I'm really taking a time this summer, and I had a conversation with the three boys yesterday, is really working on kids while we have them at home for the next few months. Because we talked a long time ago that if you aren't investing in your kids, somebody is. What group of friends or what adult that you don't know is investing in your kids? And so we would prefer it to be us. You know, I had a great, I think it was a great conversation with the three boys yesterday. Nobody complained about it. They all listened. And I just said, you know, Carter, you're going to be a senior in high school. Chase, you're going to be a freshman in high school. Dane, you're a seventh grader. Nobody likes middle school. It's a tough age. It's their transformative years. And I want you boys to know that as you start to raise one day, hopefully long down the road, your own family and you have your own children that you know how to do that and to do it well. And that means sometimes I'm going to have to be hard on you and I'm going to do it in a loving way. But there's also going to be times where if I have to ask you multiple times, I am going to raise my voice. The volume's going to go up and you'll know that you've, you've messed up and it's time to go quicker. Because at the end of the day, I'm 42, you're 17, 14, almost 13. I know more than you. And right now, in this day and age, I would say our kids probably know more than we did at their age, right? With all the social media and all the Google, Wikipedia, whatever they need to look up, they can. Chat, GPT. All the things, right? But right now, there's a reason that we're their parents. I'm never a fan of kids telling their parents what's going to happen. It's not the kid's job to tell you what they're going to do. You're the parent for a reason. You have a lot more life experience. So we're going to be working with kids this summer on chores. And I just said to the boys... Chores get done first thing in the morning. It's like when you go to a job. First thing you should do is, is do the thing you least enjoy doing. So then it's done. You can enjoy the rest of your day at that point. And we're going to be working on those things. And so I, I know you talked to the twins about the way they interact with each other recently. How did that go? Well, you know, typical siblings fighting back and forth and just at each other's throats and just got to a point where it was... I was done with it. It's too much. Like we've already been through so much hell. I cannot, I just can't stand when they fight and name call and all of that stuff. So we cracked down on pretty hard of like, this is, I'm done. So done. You're losing your phones. If I hear any name calling and just went this whole thing about like, you guys have each other. You went through the worst possible loss. And this is how you want to spend your time. At the end of the day, they both want the same thing. They both love and care about each other, but they're not communicating. They're not using their words. They get their feelings hurt, and then they're just more mad, and they just go at each other at different times, just depending on what mood they are in, rather than sitting and talking about it. So I love the car rides because that's when I'm like, put your phones up. We're going to have a conversation and have them communicate with each other of what's bothering them. And in the day, like I said, most of the time, it's something that's easily could be worked through, but they're just not communicating. So 14, I feel like that's why it feels like we've been fighting forward. It's like between the kids and chores and responsibility and school stuff and social media. You have our own work challenges, like a lot going on. So we just do. And as we said earlier, Angie and I have both struggled over the last couple of months. 
not just one of us, both of us. It's been difficult. And we'd both just like to be vulnerable and talk about our struggles and the things that we're doing to try to work through those things because it's time to get personal. It's time to get personal. We've been trying really, really hard. So, so in order to deal with this level of trauma and grief, and also we're still trying to blend a family. I mean, we're still in that. I remember when Lynn said seven years it takes. We're not even there yet. We're, we're about, not even. We're at about four years. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little over halfway through. It's just a lot. So. I want to share some things that I have been doing to try to battle all of this. One, I know we've talked about this before, but just going to therapy to just help navigate those emotions. I would highly recommend that to anybody. It doesn't have to be grief or loss of a loved one. This life is challenging. It's freaking hard. It's hard to navigate. And we have so much coming at us all the time on top of the stresses of every day. Sometimes it's too much. Right. So being able to ask for help, talk to a therapist, and sometimes you have to go through a couple of them really to find the right one that you can connect with. But that has been beneficial. I will tell you, they don't help you solve the problems. They just help you build the right tools to have in place to navigate whatever comes your way. I think that's when you know you found a good therapist, when they help you find and build and utilize tools. I've had therapists before that are just like, okay, well, that was great. I think you shared a lot. No, no, you gave me nothing. I'm here for you to help. So, yeah. Right. I think another area is that I've been doing that's been helpful too is just connecting with other people that are in the same situation. And I've been blessed because of the podcast to be able to connect with other moms that have really have found me. So just being able to share the real emotion that you're going through with another person that knows what it's like really just helps validate those feelings. And that because, oh my gosh, the pain runs so deep that there are a lot of times I felt like I'm losing my shit because it's so, it's so deep. But then when you can connect with another person, like I have this other mom that's in Nebraska that's had extreme loss of her daughter, Sydney, and her and I will text each other like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're feeling like. Here's what happened to me. And it just makes you feel like you're not crazy. You're not crazy. You're battling every day. Everybody's proud of you. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I know a lot of people say, oh, gosh, you know, she's so strong. Well, let me just tell you, I am really good at putting on a front around other people. And I know a lot of people see through me on that, the people that are really close to me, but people on the outside maybe look and go, oh, man, she's got it together. Nope, I do not. I don't. But here's what I really want to share. And like I said, I'm normally very private, but I think this is definitely worth talking about and that you're going to say something. Well, I just, when we started this podcast, you never would have shared something of this magnitude with people. And so for me, as you get ready to share, I just want you to know what kind of growth you're having in so many levels. So while you may feel weak, I see real growth happening in, in those moments of pain. And when I saw the notes, I was shocked that you were going to go here. I just was. It's not it's not who you were pre Hallie, right? We've got a we've got a Hallie and then we've got after Hallie. And and you're just you're different and 
I well, think what you're about to share is going to help a lot of people because you're so strong-willed that for one, you to do this and two, to talk about it openly is incredibly powerful. So go ahead. It's because of Hallie that I just have zero Fs now of, you know what? I'm just going to share it because I think she would have wanted me to. But I'll try to get through this. It might take me a minute. Sometimes you just need extra help, right? So I'm doing all the things. I'm going to therapy. I'm talking to people. I'm praying like crazy. But you're right. The last two months have been awful where I just felt like I could not stop crying. And you saw it. I should have brought tissues. Oh, shit. That's my fault. And I know I was I was super depressed, um, and I just couldn't pull myself out of that drowning feeling of grief. And then I had this moment where I was in Kansas City for the day for a work thing, and I was driving back. I was by myself, and I just I could not stop crying. And all I kept thinking was, this is my life. The rest of my life, I'm going to feel this unbearable pain. It was too much. I mean, there's such a an ache for her. I constantly wonder, what is she doing? I know she's in a better place, but as a mom, you never stop wondering and just knowing that this all could have been avoided. It's a whole nother level. And there are so many emotions with that, especially having the pit in my stomach that entire time. Anyway, so I'm driving and I just felt like this sudden urge to scream, which I can't even tell you when I screamed the last time. I mean, I had to be little, but I screamed when I was driving because there was just so much emotion and it was so weird this is like that desperation for like what the f F? and i know it was like a cry for help but i knew something had to change right like leading up to that point i had had several people like suggest like hey have you thought about taking something and because i am so strong-willed and you don't take any medicine ever i I never take medicine to that ever And I always think I need to do stuff on my own and I'm strong and I got this and I shouldn't be weak. I don't need help from medicine. What the hell would that even do? You know, that was my thought process before. And then the next day after the scream, my good friend messaged me and said, hey, have you thought about going on something? I promise you it helps. It will make a difference. And that was just a pivot point for me of like, I will try anything now because I can't keep feeling like this. When you told me, I was super shocked, one, because it's so not you. But I was also hopeful because I knew that you were in a super bad, bad place. Well, every night you go to bed and you think, oh, God, I I made it through the day. Oh, shit. I got to get up and do it again. You know, and then you just you go to sleep and you wake up and you're like, Okay, I think I slept okay. Shit, I gotta go through this day again. It's just this, you're on this Groundhog's Day. It's, it's constant every Groundhog's day. day. Every day. So I did end up calling the doctor, and tears could barely talk to her on the phone. 
and just said, I, I need help. Like I am struggling and I'm just can't, I can't stop crying. So we talked through some things. And so she um, prescribed Lexapro based on kind of what I was feeling because there's some are more focused on depression. Some are more focused on anxiety. Um, and we lean more towards the one focus more on anxiety, except she did say, you know, one of the side effects is a low sex drive. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't get lower than zero. <laughs> Poor Eric. <laughs> We did Are you joke. surprised I we shared did that joke. too? I am really surprised you shared that. When Angie shared that with me, we both laughed out loud because it was like, okay, well, that doesn't change. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Big that's deal. not a change or anything. So she said, you know, it'll take a couple of weeks before you would notice a difference and you have to, you know, take it probably for six months. But I'm not kidding you. In like three or four days. I could tell a difference. It wasn't. And I think you're just anytime. There's a re, you don't take medicine because your body's super sensitive to any medicine that you take. And, for and it's a reason, low dose. Yeah, it's a low dose. You immediately were a different person by the end of the first week. Here's what I will tell you if you're curious about it or thought about it and have the same mindset of like, ooh, I don't, you know, maybe there's like a negative, you know, or a stigmatism. Stigmatism. Yeah. I think. Is that an I thing? <laughs> You have stigmatism. Oh, stigmatism. But stigmatism without the uh, I think is what we're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, it doesn't take the pain away. It doesn't take the hurt, the grief, the emotions. It doesn't take any of that away. What I feel like it has done is is um, balanced out my thoughts a little bit, like slowed my thoughts down because my mind races all the time. So I think because it's more focused on anxiety that it just sort of calms things down a little bit to where I'm not as like, I'm not drowning in it, but like all the emotions are still there. It's just slower. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, I can just tell a difference. And and the fact that you've shared that is going to help somebody. I mean, just super proud of you as always. Like your journey is the most difficult of all of our journeys and to watch you fight it and battle it and do the things that you're doing. I couldn't be more impressed with you and love you more. And our kids appreciate, I mean, me and the kids all appreciate you giving Alexa Pro a try. And and I do feel like it's made you more engaged with us and what's going on. And I mean, not that you weren't before, you just didn't, you didn't know how and you couldn't function. You were so sad. Dead inside. Oh, so sad. I mean, so I'm like, feel like I'm starting to get a little bit. I mean, we went on an anniversary trip and it was like, that was like the week before she started. And, you know, she's just sad, just super sad. So you, we spent a lot of time just, she wouldn't, we might go to dinner and she wouldn't go to bed. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on. No. Right? It was, and we got back the next week and, and that was that. So you're doing well. And you're fighting too. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I don't ever mind talking about good stuff, right? <laughs> don't mind talking about myself when it's good. And that's not true, I guess. When we first started dating, I was very open about struggles that I'd had and where I was. But that's you, and I trusted you, and I have friends that I trust with that. I have a lot of, as we've talked about before, like an army of men in my life, Christian Christian friends that have really helped me over the last five, six years. It's an old Tim McGraw song. It's called Better Than I Used To Be, and I love that song. I feel like when I look in the mirror, I'm better than I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm better than I used to be. So I, I was in a funk too, right, because I'm also grieving, trying to figure out how to hold things together when you're clearly super in pain, which didn't go well for me probably because now that's not my strong suit. 
Like we, we've always worked so well together because we are such a good team. And I started down the path of a lot of negative self-talk. One of the things that I know isn't true as a Christian, I know that God loves me, but the devil wants in. And, and, and I just started believing that what's happened to our family was my fault for years of sins that I had when I was younger and that this was payback that I deserve somehow to tear apart this beautiful family. And when you hear that over and over again from the devil, you start to think it and believe maybe it's true. I have friends that would see me be like, you, you don't look like you're in a good place. And, uh, and that hasn't been me for a long, long time. So that was about a couple of weeks before we went to on our anniversary trip. And then when we got back for a couple of weeks, even it was rough. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I felt like we were struggling before we went on the anniversary trip. But then when we got back, I felt like it got worse. And part of it is I feel like you could let your you could let your guard down a little bit because I started to do a little bit better because I started taking the Lexapro. Yeah. And I think you then saw a change in me. And so you could let your guard down a little bit and allow yourself to feel all the feels too. And even even when they're sucky feels, right? And then that's when we really started you started sharing more about your struggles. And I feel like you felt guilt. like you I feel could. a lot of guilt that as a father, I pride myself on protecting my home and my family and feel like I was right there with Angie and that this was a bad relationship. And I knew it from the moment I met him and I knew it. That was, that was when we first started dating. The perception he gave off was not the reality. It was very clear to anybody that works with people on a daily basis, right? And you, you deal with a lot of different people. And I always wanted to get her away from him. And I tried to, if it was Lexi, my own daughter... I just would have bulldozed through and said, we're not fucking doing this. Beep. Yeah. We're not doing this. Okay. He's not okay. I'm your father. We're not doing this. Okay. So as a bonus parent, I don't have that luxury, right? Not my daughter by blood. Feel like she's mine, but I had to build up trust. I really felt like the six months before we lost Hallie, before she was taken from us, that I was making headway. And had there been a little more time, I could have made very pointed examples of why this wasn't going to work for her, but I ran out of time. And so I carry a lot of guilt that I didn't get her out of that situation. Now, again, that's the devil. I know that I couldn't physically drag her out of that. I'm aware, but I was feeling it from multiple sides. And the negative self-talk was bad. The negative self-talk was real. And luckily for me, about that time, we started to read a, a a client of mine actually suggested the book and my boss and I loved it. And we started reading it at work by John Acuff. It's called Soundtracks. And I'm going to make all my kids read it, Angie. It's all about how over 90% of us in life overthink things. And, and we have a negative self-talk soundtrack that plays when things get hard. As I started to read the book within the first chapter, two chapters, it was very clear that this book was going to be incredibly changing for me about changing the soundtracks that are in my brain. And then when something happens to flip that and the different ways to do it. And so, you know, at that point in time, I also started to make some just conscious changes. The first thing I did, I stopped biting my fingernails, which I said I could never do. And that probably happened before we went to Florida, I guess. 42 years old, bit my fingernails my whole life. And I stopped. I'm like two months, two months or more in now to not bite my I fingernails. Know. I'm so proud of you because to your point, when Eric and I first started dating, he's like, oh no, I've tried everything. I can't stop. It's just something I, I can't do it. Yeah. And then- you flipped a switch and you just did it. Well, I just felt like I needed to do something. Like I needed a win, right? 
to prove that you and could I do really something. And I really didn't think I could do it. If I'm being honest with you, I did not think I could stop biting my finger. But when I did, that was a, oh, crap. I didn't think I could ever do that. Maybe one of the top things. They sound <laughs> dumb to some of you. But if, after 40 years of biting my nails, I didn't think that was a possible thing for me to quit. So when I did, it was kind of like label, like, okay, well. If I can do that. What else could I do? Angie was super supportive in it because, one, she always hated my nails. but So she was super supportive in it. But the fact that I did it, she was very supportive. And then some other just different conversations have happened over the last couple of months where I know that Angie's been healthier in all kinds of ways. And it's showing. Angie, I think right now, even though she doesn't like the reasoning, is more beautiful than she's ever been. Uh, a lot of clean eating. No, no, caffeine, alcohol, no alcohol. No caffeine. I'm not giving up caffeine, by the way. Well, and, for me, I feel like shit internally. So it's like, what can I do that's I can control to try to feel the best that I can? And it's diet and exercise. Yeah. And well, caffeine I, was messing with me big time. So I exercised all the time. I was doing that right, trying to read my Bible, doing all those things. But, you know, I don't want my wife to feel like I'm letting her down in that regard. So then I started, after I had the nails down, I started working on the food that I was eating. And I feel like for four to five weeks, my food's been much better. Is it per- my food's never going to be perfect, I don't think, but my food's way better than it's ever been because I'm trying to, I just want to make sure I'm making good choices and I want to be able to connect with Angie in any way that I can right now. We're wrapping up Memorial Day. I've said a couple times this weekend, I think this is the first Memorial Day since I was probably 17, since I was off to college that I haven't had a, any alcohol this weekend. And I'm not trying to quit alcohol. I'm not trying to not ever have a piece of fried chicken again. But I'm trying to make sure that if I do those things, it's for the right reasons. And I didn't want beer, which was what I would drink, to be, you know, my numbing mechanism for missing Hallie or missing the fam- our family not functioning the way it did before Hallie passed. So just working on all those things. And with that and the the book, I can feel my mind changing when a negative soundtrack pops in that I'm not good enough. I'm finding ways to change it when it comes to making choices. The example I would say in the book, if soundtracks, again, the name of the book is like this weekend, right? I would just say, well, it's Memorial Day weekend. Why wouldn't I have a beer? I'm grilling. We're by the pool. It's hot after mowing today. I always love a good shower beer after a mow. That's a real thing, right? If you never had a shower beer on a hot day after a mow, it's the best beer. It's not that I didn't, but the question would be, well, it's Memorial Day. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I have a beer? And then I'm just changing the soundtrack in my head to, well, why would I have a beer? What's the point? And so at some point, I'm sure it's, well, because I like the taste of a couple of beers. But right now, I'm just changing the soundtracks in my head. Why wouldn't I have a bowl of ice cream before I go to bed? Well, why do I need that bowl of ice cream? And, and just changing the way I'm talking to myself, change the way I'm talking to the kids, not just the boys, but even Summer, like making sure that she knows how much I love her, but also that I'm going to push her at certain times. Same with Lexi. I mean, it's changing my tune with all of them. And I also want them to read the book so that they, I think the book, if you have teenagers, it will help them from years of pain and struggling in their late teen years, 20s, early 30s. It will really dramatically change things for them. So that's my spiel. But that's what I've been working on. And it was really tough for me too. I was not in a good place. No, and I can see a huge difference in just even your confidence level, I feel like, is back in, in a few weeks. who you are. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to you is just how strong you were as a leader, as a dad, all of that. And 
And I think the whole point of us sharing all of this is that you're never going to have a perfect relationship. But I think one of the things we said early on in the podcast is when you both have a growth mindset, then you can grow together through the awful times that you're going to face together. And there's going to be times where one person's struggling and the other person's doing great and vice versa, or sometimes at the same damn time Which where we I felt through. like we both were struggling at the same time. And But if you're willing to learn from it and try to do better, even if it means taking Lexipro or reading a book about how to change your mindset or eating healthy, whatever that looks like, that's what makes strong relationships is when you're willing to change and evolve when things get hard. Yeah. And we're having the conversations about it, right? Now, some of those conversations weren't like, you need to make this change. We never had a conversation like that. No. I didn't say to her, you need to take something. She didn't say to me, you need to eat better. I just, we had enough conversations both ways, I think, that we both knew I've got to do something. Like if I want to show, I want to show up for my spouse and my family, I got to make, I got to do this. And I keep trying to have that conversation with my kids. Nobody's going to do it for you. You have to make those choices. And so that's where we've been. That's how we've been fighting forward. And so I hope that you'll continue to fight forward with us because we, we, we're getting there. We're going to get there. And on that note, you're going to keep fighting forward with some really cool news about the book that we revealed. Just another update on the book. So I met with the publisher and we reviewed the illustrations and they loved the illustrations. So just a few little tweaks, but not changing the illustrations. Not just did you meet with the publisher, you now have a publisher. Right. I did sign a contract to have a company help me get the book out the door. Yeah. Super so excited. it is exciting. They have me on a schedule. Which she deadlines. loves. She loves all that. Yes. Use a base camp, which is a tool <laughs> that we do projects in. Yeah. Yes. Is, that part's exciting. So That's I'll awesome. keep providing updates as we go. This is a new journey for me, too. I have no idea what I'm doing. Best selling author. It's coming. It's <laughs> well, coming. We'll I'm telling you. We'll see. I've got an idea for a second one, yeah. too. So. so that's where we're at. And we're grateful for each and every one of you for helping us to build this community and for showing up for us when we need you. Because so many of you that listen, you reach out and you show up for us. Just like the moms that are reaching out to Angie and the friends that are reaching out after they listen. We love you. We appreciate you. We couldn't do it without you. So fight forward. Fight forward. Thanks to everybody. We hope you have a a wonderful week and God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.